Who on your campus has the greatest power to influence and inspire change in schools? This week's guest, Jonathan Alzheimer, explains the power of teaching and how we can get to the next level of our leadership journey. Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Awesome, brother. Appreciate the opportunity to jump in and uh, have good conversations about education, dude. Appreciate it. Yeah, we've connected on social media and you are bringing so much great content. And then, of course, you wrote a book, Next Level Teaching, which was completely inspiring. And I'm excited about talking with you and talking about the book tonight. Awesome, man. Thank you. Usually what we start off with is just kind of allow you to speak about your title. And obviously you come from a really well-known school with an amazing culture. So what is your title and what are you bringing to Fredland Middle School? Yeah, man, I'm a seventh grade history teacher, you know, and I come from, I always say the Fredland Middle School, man. It's just the home of the relentless skateboarding principal. I'd say the home of some of the best educators on the planet, home of educators that walk up and down the hallways with a bunch of swag, just pouring passion, ready to rock and roll and kind of turn teaching upside down, however you want to call it, kind of do things differently, man. That's what we're down for. That's what we love and that's what we live for. So I just love to be a part of it. I'm happy to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, I just love the the world of education, the world of teaching, man. If you can't get fired up about teaching, I don't know what you can get fired up about. Yeah, usually I talk about books at the end of the podcast, but yours was so impactful and just what I was reading that um, I really wanted to just bring out some of those topics tonight. Thanks, man. Yeah, and your story was incredible. And one thing I want to talk about is you were a UFC fighter for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I was a, yeah, dude, no, like I was an MMA fighter. So UFC is like the major league, it's like the major leagues of, you know, MMA. But yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I was an MMA fighter for a little bit. It was kind of cool. That's incredible. Um, so what what was that experience like? I know we're kind of off topic, but <laughs> yeah, dude, totally off topic. So basically, the way it was is, uh, man, I'm a big, I'm a firm advocate as a teacher and kind of pouring out my passion in the classroom and and also telling kids like, you know, if there's something you want to do, if there's a passion you have, if there's a goal you have, man, you got to attack that. And I think mm-hmm. as educators, you know, as a father myself and as an educator, like, what better way to do that than to have conversations with your kids and then show it to them, man? Like mm-hmm. I tell my kids, like don't say you're going to do something. Don't just talk about things. Go do it, man. I want to, at the end of my life, I want to, you know, I want to die with a lot of memories, not dreams of what I could have done. So, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be, you know, I wrote my book about jumping out of airplanes, yeah. whitewater rafting, all this crazy stuff and, uh, you know, climbing mountains and, you know, going out and meeting great people. Well, one of those things I always had a passion to do was just mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and, and, and not that I'm a big, like, I don't like love fighting. Like, you know, I'm not, you know, that kind of guy, but yeah. You know, I never had a fist fight in my life outside the cage, truly. Like when I talk to my kids, I actually use it in, in my classroom as like a teaching tool. But mm-hmm. I had this passion for MMA, wanted to get involved. I always dreamed about having a cage fight. And um, so my wife blessed me with one opportunity. She said, you're only going to get one. So make it awesome. And of course, as I wrote in my in my book, I was like, you know what? Let's just not have some regular fight. Let's make it nuts. Yeah. So I, uh, I got a promotion. I, I, I talked to a promoter who was like, all right, let's do a fight. And uh, originally it was supposed to be like the one of the first fights on like a 12 flight card, you know, just like the, one of the scrubs. And I was like, I can't do that. I just, I can't do that. So of course I was like, you know what, man, let's, let's make this legit. And I talked my way, (laughs) I talked my way into a main event. And not only that, like I talked my way into a title fight and I had never fought, dude, it was nuts. And, (laughs) and it was crazy. By the time it was all done here, I am this teacher at the time, I think I was 34 years old. You know, I've been training for a while, but I'd never fought. And next thing I know, I'm fighting a two-time 
champion who had like 16 fights. I had zero fights. And not to mention, like, I, I even got sponsors that sponsor like UFC champions and professional boxers. And they're sending me all kinds of stuff. And like, <laughs> I don't think these guys realize like I was a nobody. <laughs> and, but you know what, man, I lived my life a hundred miles an hour at a time trying to inflict change and just show the world and show my kids that I can, you know, you can do whatever you want. And, and I try to live that. And then, you know, what better way to, to teach a lesson to your kids about, living out your passions and literally doing whatever you want than actually trying to show them. And that was just one example. And then you also talked, I, I think I connected in, in another way with the way that you talked about sports and like the 1990s Bulls. That was like my, <laughs> yes. my childhood was in front of the TV watching Michael Jordan. Yeah, dude, who did who did Seriously. watch that, dude? So let me tell you, like talk about sports. Those dudes are legend, man. <laughs> so I want to talk about like how you took sports and how do you relate it to your classroom and, and to the school? Oh yeah, man. Like, I don't know, dude. Like I've, I've always grown up like loving that mm-hmm. athletics, man. Like I was, uh, when I was a kid and the thing is like when I was a kid, like I was the smallest kid on the planet. Like I really was like right now I'm like six, three, 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. And when I tell, when I tell the stories of like my athletic days and my kids are like, you know, I always say like, I had to learn how to dribble a basketball really well. Cause I was so small. Like I had to be a great guard. And they're like, wait, what? Like, yeah, they're like, you're a monster. No, I used to be tiny. Yeah. And so part of the part of like my whole growing up phase, like I grew up with this like tenacity and like I was like, you know, I'm going to go after it. I don't care who you are. Mix it up with you. And, you know, and so I always I always judge my my abilities by who was better than me. Same thing with sports, same thing with teaching, same thing with everything in my life. I'm always looking at the next guy up thinking I got to be as good as that guy or as good as that guy. And so, you know, just like kind of looking back at the, you know, sports in general, you know, back in the day, man, those those 90s teams, man, it was all about. It was all about building a legacy and building a group of people around you and like just being amazing and, and, and never taking for granted your abilities and always thinking there was somebody else there that could do it too. So you got to work just as hard as them. And, you know, I kind of try to tie those messages in not only with my own life, but with the people that I talk to and the kids that I work with. I'm like, listen, you know, like if you want to be the best in the world, <laughs> then you got to act like it. You got to work like it. You got to yeah. never take for granted what your abilities are because guess what? There's always going to be somebody who's just as smart as you. There's always going to be somebody who can, if you're talking sports, who can be just as good at whatever that sport is. But yeah. when you're talking life, who, you know, can be just as smart as you and, and just as good at whatever it is your talent is. So your talent is only going to take you as far as your willingness to work hard. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try to tie those stories in. And of course, with my with my athletic ability, you know, I was a uh, I had an opportunity to play professional baseball in Europe. Um, I didn't take that because I want to be a teacher. So <laughs> don't laugh at me, you know, but I had a lot of opportunities. I played, played basketball against some great players and, you know, just, you know, I love sports and I love the opportunities it gave me, but I also love the way I can use all these different things to talk to my kids. Yeah. So this is obviously a leadership podcast and for aspiring leaders. And what I always talk about is how every educator is a leader on a campus and there is a quote in your book. It, it says, teachers have the greatest power to influence and inspire change in a school. So I'm just wondering, because I don't know about you, but I, I hear a lot of times like teachers say, well, I'm just a teacher. And it's yeah. like, oh, you have so much power <laughs> in, in your role. Yeah. So um, those who are teachers who are looking to be a leader on the campus, what are some ways they can do that? That's a great question, man. I'll tell you what. So the way, honestly, the way I feel about it is this, like every school needs a great principal, you know? I think that that I think the greatest change in a school means that you have a lot of working parts. Mm-hmm. And so of course you can't just be like, cause you're always going to have that teacher who's listening to this right now. Go, man, I can't do this all on my own. Yeah, you probably can't. You yeah. probably need other good teachers around you and you probably need 
someone who's in a good leadership ability. But whether whether you got a good principal or not, at the end of the day, your classroom is your classroom, and you and you see those kids every single day. And let's be real about this right now. All right, so. When you're dealing with your kids, if you want to inflict change on your school, the first way you're going to do that is by inflicting great change within your classroom and being a leader by creating this contagious environment within your classroom. That means high levels of student engagement, high levels of instruction, building positive relationships with your kids and mm-hmm. doing stuff that's just a little bit different and creating an environment in your classroom where like kids are like, man, there's something different about this room. So when they leave, they leave with this positive attitude, and this positive mindset. And all of a sudden, you've already inflicted change because in my opinion, all this, all this next level teaching stuff, that's this. Like teachers are the driving force of school culture. Yep. We see those kids every single day, and we have the ability to inflict change just by just by creating some positivity within their life. They leave your room, all of a sudden their actions within the hallway are different. Their actions with their other classes are different. Right there, you've already inflicted change within your school, and you haven't even done anything else. Mm-hmm. So then from there, everything that you're doing, when you're stepping your game plan up, then other people are going to see what you're doing because kids are going to be talking about it. And so kids are going to say, man, we did this and." You know, Mrs. Mr. Anderson's class, or we did this in Miss Thomas's class, or we did this in so-and-so's class. And all of a sudden, now I'm thinking like, wow, they're doing all this crazy stuff in Mr. Nunzi out of science class. Man, I got to step my game up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So all of a sudden, now you're influencing how I'm doing in my classroom. And so that's part of it right there. But also just living that example, you know, when when people, I, I tend to think that people see what you do and then they'll they will come to whatever that level is. I think that's common no matter what position is, no matter what your profession is. So when you are the person who's leading by example, you know, I always say this like, you know, being in the trenches, but not only being in the trenches, standing in front of everybody in the trenches. You know, you're not only in the trenches, you're standing in front of everybody saying, let's go. You know, and that could be a that could be a principal. That could be a teacher as well. Mm-hmm. And saying, you know what, when it's lunch duty, I'm not sitting down. I'm not sitting down. I'm going to be making sure I'm actually monitoring my kids. I'm going to make sure I'm walking around, whether it be in the hallway, whether it be one of the things that we always do, man, at my school is um, me and one of my buddies and, and a whole bunch of other teachers are doing this too. And the more teachers that do it, are, that means the more other teachers are doing it as well as during our plan time, man, walking around the hallways, checking on subs, checking on classes, man. Like yep. all these little things that you do, it's not just one thing that makes you into a leader or builds other leaders. It's all these other things that you do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be you being vocal, but sometimes it is. Sometimes as you lead it by example, there's lots of different things you could do to inflict change. But at the end of the day, teachers are the driving force of school culture. You can have the greatest principal on the planet walk into a school, but if you don't have major players and influencers at, in different corners of that building, that yep. school's still going to fall apart. Yep. If you cannot galvanize as a group, you don't even have to be the best teachers, man. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, there's people that are listening to this right now that can outdo me in so many different aspects of teaching. You know what I mean? But that's not the point. The point is when you walk into the building, are you showing up with a passion to inflict a positive impact on the culture and the kids that you deal with? And if that's you, man, it doesn't matter if you're the best teacher in the world. Yep. doesn't matter if you're the best teacher in the world. You're going to be the best teacher for your kids that day. And that's all your school needs. And boom, right there, bam, you're a leader. Of course, people are going to be following your footsteps and people are going to see the change that you're creating. And they're going to jump in. So I know you're a big promoter of classroom branding. So why is it so important to create a classroom identity? Dude, I'll tell you what, like you're seeing a lot of, you know, kind of like the thing that like Harry Potter does. Yeah. And of course you look at different schools and they're doing different stuff at our school. We're doing swarms. Mm-hmm. Well, if your school's not doing these different house systems, like house systems is yeah. like such a big thing. Well, when, when I wrote in my book about classroom branding, classroom branding is like me creating my own house system within my own classroom before house systems started flying all over the nation. And honestly, it didn't even have anything to do with the movie Harry Potter, even though after I got done, I was like, wow, it's a lot like that. <laughs> it was really it was really this. Like I was I, I'm always looking at like what I'm doing. You know, you're talking about next level teaching. I'm always looking at what I'm doing and thinking, how can I make this a little bit better? How can I make mm-hmm. this a little bit better? 
it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's instruction, building relationships, whatever. And I was thinking, man, how can I make my environment just a little bit cooler? I'm thinking like, I don't know about you guys, but like, I feel like most people want to be a part of something special. So I thought, man, my kids want to be part of something cool. Just like I do. Why don't we create that? Like I'm, I can't come to work and be bored. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's create this Alzheimer nation and this family. And I'll tell you what, man, like that whole chapter in my book, man, about creating your own classroom brand, however you want to do it. Like for me, Alzheimer nation, just kind of, you know, you don't start at day one, you kind of find a reason or you find a way to kind of implement it. And if you follow the, if you follow the steps, man, you can get your, your classroom so riled up about anything. Yeah. Dude, about anything. You know, I had my kids riled up about a canned food drive. You could have your kids riled up about taking a test. And, and I'll tell you what, what it did for me was classroom branding. What it did for me was it created a sense of loyalty, a sense of unity, a sense of family. Kids were working together in ways that I'd never seen. And of course, it's not perfect. Like it was never perfect. And you're never going to have a, I had a teacher recently reach out and say, how'd you get a hundred percent buying? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you never yeah. get that. Yeah. But I had. I had an amount of buying that I'd never seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And I had kids who felt like they were part of something that needed to feel like they were part of something. And I had kids that like were looking for something. Like, Man, I just want to be a part of something special. Bam, I, I made that for them. And of course, honestly, like I started it, but they actually took, I, they took it over. They created it. All of a sudden they're like, Mr. Alshaber, can we have like hand signs? So when people, you know, just, just so we're not disruptive, but so that we, we can say, Hey, we're part of Alshaber Nation. Can we make t-shirts? Can we make a sign? Like all this different stuff. All of a sudden, I had motivation in my classroom to study and do things because they're like, you know, this is Alzheimer's Nation. We have to have the best test scores. All of a sudden, like other classrooms saw that and uh, they heard the kids talking and they're like, let's jump in. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Like, let's have your group against my group. And next thing you know, we had multiple classroom brands popping up all over the school. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but you know what it did? It, it, it like bolt, it kind of boosted the academic level. It boosted the, you know, the positive relationships and it boosted just the class morale and the, and the grade level and the hallway morale into a way that, you know, I'd never seen before. And so started it about 10 years ago and man, I haven't let go of that thing at all. Mm-hmm. It's been amazing. You talked about students getting bored in class. You know, what are some things that you do in your classroom to really impact student engagement? Oh, dude, like if you want to make your class awesome, you got to make it fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like no kid especially today, but you know, no kid likes to go to a class and be bored. Same with teachers. Like no, no teacher like wants to go to work and be bored. And I feel, or administrate, dude, it doesn't matter what your job is, man. It could be anything. You could have any job in the world. You don't want to go work and be bored. You want to go to work and be excited. Right. So for me, the way I do it is let, I, I look at the stuff I do and I try to look at whatever I'm doing that day. You know, I'll look at the stuff I have in my unit planner from the year before. I'll think, you know what, that was a cool idea or man, that, that class, that class was not good. But how can I take what I did and just change it up a little bit? Right. You know, and I often talk about in the book I wrote about human bingo. So I'll just use that as an example. You know, I, I had I was playing bingo and with my kids and, you know, everybody has heard of playing bingo with a worksheet. And I was like, you know, I forget that junk. One day I walked in with some tape, tape, put tape on the ground. Next thing I know, I had, you know, bingo cards on the ground. I'm like, kids are walking in. They're like, oh, Mr. Alshon, why is there tape on the ground? I'm like, listen, here's what we're going to do. You're the human bingo pieces. And honestly, just kind of taking something you already do and going to, you know, just trying to find a way to make it a little bit cooler, mm-hmm. you know, that just bolsters student engagement. Also creating an element of fun. Like I have, I've had teachers that are like, I don't like to have, you know, the fun is, I don't like the word fun in class. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, what are you talking about, man? Like you should be a college professor, I guess. Then like for me, yeah. like when I'm, when I'm thinking of a class, I'm thinking like, you can't have fun every second. Let's be real. But if I have a, if I have a 60 minute class and I have fun with my kids for 15 minutes doing like, 
you know, a, a warm-up activity where we're moving around the room and stuff. I might not be able to have tons of fun or games the rest of the time, but they'll do it because they just had a blast, mm-hmm. you know, and then you get kids up and moving around. That's a great way to promote student engagement. You know, like let's not have kids sitting down all the time, man. Let's get them up and moving. Even if it's like a scavenger hunt around the room or you might have a thing where you're like, all right, I want to have you, you're going to go over to this side of the room and you're going to grab something. You're going to run over to the other side of the room. And you're going to, you know, answer a question. Then you're going to go over to that side of the room. And you're going to find a, you know, whatever it is. Like it depends on what you're doing. It could be a math thing. We're doing, uh, you know, because of what's going on right now, I'm, I'm homeschooling my, my children yep. and my, you know, my wife is doing a whole bunch of stuff with our girls and I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff. The other day I was like, you know what? I told my daughter, I'm like, let's play number munchers. <laughs> you know, we were working on math. And that was an old game from like the nineties. Yeah. And I had her like, I had her running around the house, picking up paper that were math problems that she could have just had on a worksheet. And then I was the monster coming behind her like, you know, every three seconds, I would take a step and get closer. And I would just every three seconds, take a step and get closer. And she's running around the room having a blast smiling <laughs> when normally she's all she's really doing is answering a couple of questions that could have been on a worksheet. Yeah. You know, so as a teacher, like you want to make your class engaging, just think of anything that kind of gets kids to smile. You get kids to smile, man, your class just got taken to the next level. You get kids to laugh. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And you get kids to move around and just smile and have a good time. Like, that's what school's about, man. If kids don't want to be there and kids don't want to, kids don't want to be there, they don't want to learn. So oh, that's what sure. that's what our job is. Our job is to make them love school. And sometimes it's just by getting them up and having fun and playing games and goofing around. And of course, academic games, you know, mm-hmm. you can still do, you could still have high levels of instruction, high levels of rigor by playing games. So often people are like, oh, if it's a game, it's not, you know, it's not rigorous. Right. Okay. Come to my classroom for five minutes. I'll show you. <laughs> well, that's the difference between uh, active engagement versus just engagement. Exactly. You can be still and be engaged doesn't mean that they're having fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can also have stuff where the kids are sitting down and they're having a blast. Yep. It's, it depends on what you're willing to put into it. That's what makes teaching so, so difficult, but also makes teaching so much fun because you're never going to, it's always going to be different. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's so many challenges that are into what we do. And sometimes you're going to do stuff like I do it all the time. Sometimes I do something where I think I'm going to get the kids all psyched up and ready to go. And I'm like, man, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. So it's back to the drawing board the next day. Yep. You know, no, nobody's perfect. No lesson's perfect. And you can always make it a little bit better. I loved also that in that answer and then also in the book, you're talking about, you know, going beyond just the academics and teaching life lessons. What is it that you do that is reaching out beyond the classroom to your students? Well, honestly, I think that just kind of, that kind of goes back to the building relationships thing, man. Mm-hmm. I believe as a teacher, when I got into this job, it wasn't just to teach some facts, some facts on a page. To me, that's not teaching. A kid can learn that. You know, a kid can sit down and read a book and learn facts on a page. To me, teaching is instilling a love of education, a love of goal setting and motivating kids. And part of that is making a connection with your kids and connecting your life stories to what they're going through and teaching character development. And, and, a, lot of th- and a lot of times that comes with your own personal experience. I mean, that's why we got into this job to make personal connections with these kids. And we need to use what we've gone through, whether it's positive, negative, and not as ever a boastful thing and not ever as a woe is me thing, but as a either look at what I did that worked or man. You know, look at the struggle that I had to go through. And sometimes you have kids who are like going through some stuff, man, and they just need to, they just need to hear that there's someone that they look up to that's going, that has gone through something or maybe has gone through something and that can give them just enough of a push to continue on. Talk about how my, at one point my mom was battling cancer, and, mm-hmm. you know, the stories behind that. And I've had, I still have kids. I had a, I had a girl yesterday 
reach out to me, you know, because she couldn't see me in the hallway because we're home. Right. And she said, Mr. Alzheimer, I'm, I'm so sad. I don't get to say goodbye because she's an eighth grader. You know, she's had, she's had some struggles in, in her life to no fault of her own that, uh, you know, she just connected with that story with my mom. Right. And, and we had a really good connection because of that, whereas maybe we never would have. And I was able to get her to do things in my classroom and, and like other kids too, like work harder for me because of the stories I told. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I told stories about my daughters that are funny, you know, things that they said. And all of a sudden I have kids who would never have connected with me that are like, man, they just start laughing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they actually like this class. The next <laughs> thing I know, they're working hard and they're studying for a test when normally they were a, maybe a D student because they didn't care. Right. Now they're a B student because they're putting in that work. And it's because we're going the extra mile for them. And of course that continues on with what are we doing outside the classroom? You know, when you said, what connections do you do outside the class? Like, man, I'll tell you what, you know, I used to be a basketball coach and a baseball coach. And, and so then it was, all right, well, what way can I connect with kids, even though I don't have all the time in the world? And sometimes that's popping into tutoring sessions. Sometimes, you know, I ran a soccer club for a while. And then it, right now I do a mentoring program. And um, sometimes I use my opportunities is to, to work out with my boys and, and stuff and then talk about life, man, just, those moments outside the classroom sometimes are the most impactful moments for those kids. And that's why I always say, like, be that teacher for kids, you know, that teacher that they remember, because we all had that teacher, whether we love school or hated school, we had that teacher that did it for us for could have been a teacher we had or a teacher that we just had a conversation with. Sometimes it's the moments outside of the classroom that make you that teacher for a kid and can change their life, change the trajectory of what their future is going to be because of, man, I, I was hanging out with Mr. Alshimer, he was telling me a story this one time that I was working out with him after school and a couple of my friends were working out too. And, you know, whatever story impacted that kid on that day, maybe that pushes him to join the basketball team or start to play a musical instrument or whatever, you know? So that's our jobs, man. Yeah. I I was telling a teacher the other day, like, you never know what the impact is. Like, that's the one thing about education is sometimes we do make an impact, but it doesn't show up for 10 years. Oh, bro. Oh, big time, man. I was just having a conversation with a teacher too, man. She, This teacher reached out to me on Twitter and she was like, kind of like saying one of my, one of my tweets was inspiring her because she felt like she wasn't making an impact. And I'm like, you have no idea what your impact is. Let me tell you, I wish that we had a crystal ball where we could see like the things that the things that we did, because like, let's be real, man. Like there's times where you're going to have kids. And, and all of a sudden I, t- I was telling this story to a teacher one time when I was speaking and I was like, after, after the speech. And I was like, listen, like there was a time where I had a kid who I thought hated my classroom yeah. and we didn't, I thought we didn't have a good relationship. That kid came back from high school and said, your class was my favorite class. And I love when you used to tell stories about your daughter. And I'm like, what, <laughs> I, you know, no way, no way. And like, that's, but that's the thing that every single teacher has a kid's story like that, that they do, they might even know about, but there's definitely one or two or several that we just don't know about. Yep. And that's what we got to remember in the moments where we're like, man, this job is really freaking hard. I, you know, I don't know if I can do this for the next 25 years. Like that's the, that's the stuff that lights us up, man. That's the juice that, mm-hmm. that kind of invigorates us and hypes us up. Like you got to think that you are in this for something bigger than yourself. Yep. Because you're certainly not in, in it for a paycheck because our paycheck is a joke. <laughs> our paycheck is a joke. So yeah. we're in this for so much more. And and you know what? And, it, and, and some days are going to be harder than others. And some days, man, it didn't work in your classroom. But like there's days and there's moments that just light you up because you know you did something positive that day, whether it was your lesson plan was on point or you just or you just you know you had a conversation with a kid who was like just hitting rock bottom and you just like picked them up for a moment. Like, that's why we do what we do. If you can't get hyped about that, then man, I don't know why you're in this job. Like, that's why you're here. And that's the most important thing. Like, man, that just changes the world for a kid for a second. 
And, and if you're a parent, let me tell you what, man, if you're a parent, anybody out there listening, if you're a parent, like I'm a parent of two girls, and I always tell a story how my daughter was like, like so scared to go to kindergarten. She's in first grade now, going into second grade soon. She was so scared to go to kindergarten. She cried every day leading up to it. And by the time the first week was over, she could not wait to go back the next week. And I was like, oh my God, like I wanted to hug the teacher. I wanted to hug the teacher. My wife and I were like crying when we heard what Adley was saying about how she couldn't wait to go back to school. That's kids all across the country. And that's our job as teachers to make kids. And if you, and if you're a parent, man, you, that's all you want. You want, you want your kid to love education, to love school and want to be there for the right reasons. And man, whenever you meet a, t- a teacher that they have that does a great job, you just want to hug them. So just, that's what we got to remember. Yep. That's what we got to remember about ourselves, man. Yeah. And a lot of different points that you just talked about is really big in what's going on in our country. Obviously we're doing distance learning and, you know, school districts all over the country are, are shutting down and, and having to do online learning. So yeah, how are mm-hmm. you supporting your students now as you're not able to be in the building and having to do everything online? Oh, dude, great one. You know what? I just put out a tweet that I think is, dude, I got to put it on a t-shirt and it says, <laughs> dude, it was something like learning only stops when we say it does and we yes. ain't stopping and we ain't stopping. And you know what, man? Virus or no virus, it doesn't matter. Teachers are the most amazing people on the planet. And I think as a, as a united group across the world, we just came to grips with it all. We, we had our tears that we weren't going to see our kids the next day because school was you know canceled and everybody's got to stay home. And now it's time to, all right, rise and grind. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, man, at our school, dude, like people just, we had a, we had a meeting where we were like, all right, what's the game plan? Because of course, everybody was confused. Yep. They were like, what's the game plan? Okay, the game plan is boom. All right. So now it was like, find every avenue possible. And so what I'm doing, man, is, you know, a lot of, a lot of our teachers along with myself, you know, having a Zoom, you know, Zoom meetings with our kids and reaching out, having a you know, chance to kind of just connect for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, mass emails. We're doing phone calls to every single parent that we have um, in our homerooms and then just, and then sending emails to every single kid that we have. One of the things that, we, of course, we have staff web pages. So, you know, kids can obviously show up and get resources and things like that. But one thing that I'm all hyped up about, dude, I can't wait. I'm going to release it here shortly on my staff pages. Like I was thinking, you know what, man, like to me, you know, a lot of times like you're talking about teachers across the country, just posting resources. Of course, I'm going to do that too. post resources and post videos on YouTube and all that stuff. Of course, I'm going to do that because that's how kids are going to get the extra content and, you know, the readings and things like that. But I was like, you know what, man, Mr. Allstrom's class does not stop because of some virus and it's not going to stop because I got, you know, how am I supposed to, you know, how am I supposed to do this? So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to attack this thing head on. And I, I started making a iMovie presentations of me, like lecturing my kids, like let, you know, given a, cause my kids were so bummed when we left school, we were about to have the, the day I was going to come back. Uh, we were all going to come back. It was going to be our great depression unit exam. And then the very next class was going to be world war two. Our kids were like, no, <laughs> I had kids like sending me DMS and emails. They were like, Mr. Hoshimer, world war two. No. And so I was like, you know what? I got you. And so I'm going to start making, um, and I've currently started making world war two. iMovie videos of me basically standing in front of my door. Welcome to Mr. Alzheimer's class. And I'm teaching to the camera and I'm going to cut that and I'm going to edit it. And I'm going to tie in videos. Nice. online and I'm going to teach the best I can. And is it going to be perfect? No. Is it going to be great? No, I'm not a, I'm not a director. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I yet. mean? But it's, but yeah, not yet, but, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, man, it's, it's the best thing that I can do right now for my kids. Cause I know they want to number one, see my face. Number two, feel my energy. And I might look foolish at times doing it. Shoot. I might even dress up. I haven't even finished the videos yet. I might even dress up and do something. I don't know, but 
I'm going to have fun. I'm even tying in, um, I'm even tying in a game where they have to try and beat my daughter at review questions. And obviously I'm going to cheat and give her the answers, but it's going to be great. You know what I mean? So they're going to, they're going to have to beat her. And of course they know who she is. So they're all, they're going to be all hyped up. Dude, it doesn't stop, man. It doesn't stop. It only stops when we say it doesn't. And if we're as passionate, if we're passionate in our classrooms, man, why can't we be passionate at home? Yeah. You know, thinking of thinking outside the box, you know, I always said like, you know, think outside the box. What, what can we do? Well, we're just faced with a whole nother challenge now. Oh yeah. We're definitely out of the box. (laughs) Yeah. Big time. But you know what? But you know what? We always do, man. We're going to overcome that challenge and we're going to take it to the next level and it's going to be awesome. It's not going to be perfect because like we said, you know, no lessons ever perfect. We're at home. It ain't going to be perfect, man. And not every kid's going to have perfect access. That's just, that's just the case. You know, not every kid's going to have perfect access to everything we have and every kid has a device and everything. But, but I, I don't have everything that other teachers have either. I'm just going to do the best I can with what I got Mm -hmm. and I'm going to bring it. You know what? And I'm going to bring it and I'm going to hope that I can still impact kids in any way I can. Starting tomorrow, you know, starting tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. And Jonathan, I think that's a great segue to next level teaching. Like I said, I I read the book. It's fantastic. Um, For those who may have not read it yet, can you just kind of give a a glimpse? I know we talked a lot of components today about the book, but kind of like a quick synopsis for for our iron leaders. Dude, absolutely. Uh, Next level teaching is all about how teachers are the driving force of school culture and, and classroom culture and, and impacting your classroom environment and how your classroom environment then kind of spreads throughout the school like a tidal wave of positive change and then how you as a teacher can influence the positive changes within your building and just kind of take your take your classroom to the next level by high levels of student engagement, different tricks you could do, different things you can do to kind of create more motivation in your students and um, create just a whole nother level of engagement within your classroom. Of course, uh, tips on building relationships and and conversations around those philosophies, you know, and then of course, how that then ties into the school culture. And then how if, if teachers band together as a collective and start to tie into these different things built in within the book, we, you all of a sudden have this amazing change, this force that, you know, can't be reckoned with. And you know what, it starts with us. It starts with you as a teacher. You see the kids every single day. I wrote that in the book. You see the kids every single day. School culture starts with you. And how you want to impact it, whether you want to show up with a negative attitude or a positive attitude. And my book's all about showing up with that positive attitude, you know, understanding your why in education to be that teacher for kids on that day who's going to change the game. Whether you're perfect, we don't care about perfection. You're not going to be perfect, but it's about bringing your best every single day. And the book's just filled with inspiration, motivation to re-energize you and strategies to implement things that you can use. And even if you're like, you know what, I'm not going to use it exactly how Mr. Allshot uses it. I'm going to use it a little bit differently. Feel free to do that. Mm-hmm. But at least will ignite your brain to make all these positive changes within your classroom and just kind of give you some give you some things to take your game to the next level. Jonathan, I always love allowing the, the guests to provide some type of advice for those who are aspiring to, to lead. So for those who may not have a leadership position, what is maybe something they could do right away starting tomorrow online or, you know, once we get in, back in the building to, to make an impact on their campus? Dude, I, I, I'm going to say this right now. This is the best. This is the best advice I can give anybody. Doesn't matter what your job is. Doesn't matter who you are, what your level is, is this. Understand your purpose. Wake up every single day with a purpose. And with that purpose, you walk into your building, whatever your position is, with a passion to make an impact on the lives of the people that you serve, the people that you work with, and the kids that you're teaching or the kids that you're working with. If you're showing up every, every day and you have passion, you have energy to make a difference, to engage your students, to build relationships with your students and the people around you, dude, there's nothing that's going to stop you. And talk about, talk about uh, leadership, dude. The best leaders on the planet 
doesn't matter. Titles don't make leaders. Your actions do. So what are your actions like? What are your actions like? And not only that, but like, what is your energy level and your positivity like? You got to bring it every single day. And, and, uh, and that's what it's all about, man. That's the best tip I can give passion and energy to, to make a, a greater impact on education. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So Jonathan, for those who may not be connected with you on social media, how can they do that? Sure, you can uh, con- you can connect with me at, at Mr. Alshimer, both on Instagram and Twitter. I love when people reach out to me and, and uh, shoot me some ideas that I can use. I'll, of course, ask me questions. I love to answer questions. You know, some people are like, man, if I reach out to them, will you answer me? Reach out to me, I always answer. And if I don't answer, reach out again, because I must have... Yeah, I probably had a two-year-old running around with me and I had to come back to it and I forgot. So again, at Mr. Alzheimer, Instagram and Twitter, love to connect with people. Oh, most definitely. And it's been such a pleasure to connect with you on social media and then now to have the honor to speak with you tonight. So, Jonathan, so much for being on the podcast. Thanks, brother. Totally blessed and humbled. Thank you.